Welcome to TCISD Talks, a podcast where we dive into the heart of Texas City Independent School District. Join us as we journey through insightful conversations, celebrate achievements, and explore innovative ideas that shape our school district. So whether you're a parent, a student, an educator, or simply someone who cares about the power of education, get ready to dive into the stories that make TCISD shine. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and engaged, because TCISD Talks starts now. Today on TCISD Talks, we're diving into a topic that is both timely and important, the magic of collaboration between parents and teachers. I'm Clarissa Silva. And I'm Melissa Tortorisi. And with parent-teacher conferences coming up, we want to spill the beans on how to build bridges, create connections, and foster those partnerships between home and school. With us today are Heights Elementary teacher Jamie Thrash and Giles Middle School teacher Maxine Gidgery, and we're going to be picking their brains on how parents and teachers can make a unbeatable tag team. So welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks. you so much for inviting us. Yeah, we're glad you're here. And yeah, this is a great topic. And like I said, with those parent-teacher conferences coming up, this is something that I know our parents would love to hear so they can come into those conferences ready and prepared and, you know, exploring those ways that they can help their kids. Um, for many, this will be a first time, you know, if they've got a kindergartner and they've never mm-hmm. been in school before. So it's their first time to um, go to a parent-teacher conference. And then sometimes people just they're a little intimidated by it. They're not sure exactly what's going to happen. So we want to just kind of let everybody know there's nothing to worry about and uh, to be prepared. It is (laughs) not not scary. scary, It's not scary at all. So first off, let's kind of discuss how and why collaboration between parents and teachers is kind of essential for students, you know, academic and personal growth. So I like to do academic expectations for sure. Um, it's important for their growth. And so, like you said, kindergarten, this might be their very first one that they've ever attended. And October 31st, we're coming in, and they don't exactly know what to expect in kindergarten, every grade. But for kindergarten, they might think, for example, we're going to learn our ABCs, we're going to get ready for school, but then when we have that conference, I'm going to explain to them when I'm talking about out like the ABCs that we're not just talking about the song, We're talking about letters, sound correspondence. We're talking about blending, all of those things. So we have to set those expectations high to begin with. What about middle school, Ms. Guidry? When I first started teaching middle school, my mentor told me that she would like for me to always call the parents within the first two weeks of school. And I've been teaching 23 years. This year I didn't get to all of them, but I got to most of them. But it was so funny because when I first did it, one of the parents thought her daughter put her baby sister up to it because oh. it, hadn't been happening. <laughs> never had yes, it, it hadn't been happening. So that does help because you're able to build rapport with the parents mm-hmm. as well because sometimes in middle school, their stories differ from their teacher's story. So if they already know what's expected in the classroom, they can kind of know what's going on. So it does help to build that rapport from the very beginning. That's true. Speaking of stories differing, I can remember always asking my child, you know, I was always a um, side-sided on the side of the teacher, yes, ma'am. you know, and so I remember asking my kids, okay, well, if you've told me this story, if I ask your teacher, what story are they mm. going to tell me? Oh, well, it changes, <laughs> it changes a little it's bit, like, huh, you know, let me think about that. <laughs> always. Yeah. 
Yes. Because in kindergarten, and this goes for all grades, they always, like, we had a little boy that had a bathroom. Um, he was really scared of the bathroom, the toilet, when it was flushing. And so we worked through different stages. Like, I, he'd come out, and then I would help him flush it. And then it got to where he would come out, and he'd get a friend, and they would help flush it. I mean, it was just, you know, they're five, so mm -hmm. the, the sound would scare them. And by the time he got home one day, he was crying, and a kid punched him in the face, and all these things happened. But really what had happened is his friend was going in to help him open the door um, to help him flush the toilet, and it hit him. And so his story had was greatly different than what <laughs> very dramatic in the face. you know like all these things happen but because she was able she had that trust and she you know called me texted and I was able to talk to her and explain that this is really what happened that's so. good we mm -hmm. talk about that trust and yeah. it is important to build um, that trust and for parents to know that teachers and parents are on the same side you both want what is best for mm -hmm. the student your student their child so what are some tips um, that you can share with parents about how to um, build that relationship with them on, on communication. Well, did you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> we always start, you know, before the kids even come, um, you know, we're, we're looking at a roster, we're, you know, making things through the classroom, and then meet the teacher, we're building that trust with that parent. So it's before day one even starts. And so we like to do those communications with, whether it's dojo, seesaw, Remind, we want them to know that they can contact us at any time. Um, we are always messaging, like she had a good point. We message the first two weeks of school, those good choice phone calls, what's your child doing that we're proud of. And it just sets that tone for the rest of the year that they can trust us. And then communication is so important not to be scared to talk to us, that no matter what's going on, even in their home, that they can let us know because it will affect them academically, behaviorally and just to communicate and we we're always open a lot of parents will start with i don't know if you have the same thing but they'll say i hate to bother you i'm so sorry to bother you but they're never a bother you know we want them to call we want them to text whatever it may be that your line of communication is but you know it's it's got to be there for that trust and in middle school when i sent out my syllabi at the very first first week of school i have questions and some of the questions are, does your child like math? Do they not like math? What is their weakness? Where mm -hmm. are their strong points? So when I know that, I kind of know how to deal with that student. So if they can talk to me before, because I haven't taught them before, I only know what I know when I get them. Right. So if I can know ahead right. of time, it makes us all successful. And I always tell them it's not just my job. It's not just a student job. It's not just the parent's job. It's everybody working together. We're mm -hmm. all in this together. Because right. like when we're talking about grades, it's just not my responsibility to let you know what you're missing. You know how to check Skyward. Your parents have access and I do. So we all work together. So we can't say we didn't know because if we're all working together, we can make sure everybody stays on the same page. And in that, what she mentioned too, um, it's always funny because parents are not um, ready for us to call them, or maybe no. they're not. I don't even want to say ready, but um, when they do something good, they're not expecting it. Because I have this one parent, well, not now, but before I had a parent, and when I call, she say, "What he did? What?" It's like exactly. automatic, <laughs> you know. So they're it's not automatic. Used, yes, mm -hmm. they're not used to getting good information or something good. And I always feel if you get an email or a phone call while you're at work. 
that really helps because your child represents you away from mm-hmm. yes. home. So when you know they're doing what you taught them, it really makes them feel good. And then for us, we like to get the reply back that it did make them feel good because we can be having a bad day. So when we know that we're reaching them, it's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. And, you know, like you said, kids are going to not always make a great choice. So if you can start building that relationship before they maybe not make not mm-hmm. such a great choice and you have to make that call that's not mm-hmm. so fun, yeah. That, and they work with you. Like yes. they're, they're understanding. They know that you've done everything that you're supposed to do and that you've given them redirection and that you've given them choices or, you know, maybe just talk to them in their um, folder for the beginning. You know, I send a mm-hmm. note home to the folder or I send a small message and then the next step might be a conference, but they're really willing to do it if you've That's got right. that open line of communication. They're not they're not worried about it. They yeah. know that you love their child and that you're here for their child. An open line is key because like mm-hmm. you said, mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if the parent will fill out the form with the questions, then you've got the information you need and if they're responding to the email. So yeah, right. but both of y'all working together, um, you know, the parent and the teacher is yes, key, definitely. And I love how you're always talking about that collaboration of already, you know, trying to work with the parents to figure out, like you were talking about, like things at home that may be affecting mm-hmm. how the child is, is you know, ac- acting or, you know, participating at school. So let's take a little bit deeper into that kind of collaboration aspect. And what are some ways that parents and teachers can work together to address those kind of like academic, behavioral, and kind of like personal challenges that students may go through sometimes. In my class, we have a binder. So in that binder, they have their important information, which was the syllabus and what my rules are. Then they have a daily section, which is all their work, their major section, which is their grades, and resource section, everything that's needed to help them in the class. So when they say that my teacher didn't explain that, or I don't know how to do this or whatever, I'll say turn to page, whatever, in your binder. Mm -hmm. But that information is there. Now, if they didn't write it, that's not always the teacher's fault because you had that opportunity to write that in class. So I refer back to that behavioral-wise. Sometimes when they don't have that information, they'll begin to act up. Or they're used to maybe having more chances in getting assignments in because after three days, it's a zero. That's TCISD policy. That's not Miss Gidry's policy. Right. So they're always thinking it's Miss Gidry's policy. And I'm like, no, because that's in my syllabus. Right. I'm so following the rules. I'm like, I need you to use. follow right. these the rules. rules. Right. Too. And sometimes when you do that, you're the bad guy because right. others aren't doing that. And eighth grade is different. You're one mm-hmm. step from high school. So we're not going to keep giving chance after chance after chance because you have to understand deadlines are important. So even though the students may get upset, and then we have to talk to parents too. We have to let them know things are different in eighth grade. So you have to understand you got to keep your binder right. You got to know when dates are due. And we go over all of that. But I think just being them held accountable to it is a little bit different because in those earlier grades, you keep reminding, keep reminding, Always. keep reminding. Mm-hmm. And high school isn't going to be like that. Right. So we're like a little <clears throat> try to get ahead of the game to let them know you have to take responsibility. And when you do, this is what happens. When you don't take responsibility, this occurs as well. Yeah, each grade level, you just get a little bit more yeah. responsibility because <laughs> right. eventually you're weaning them off. Yes. And is that like something, like you said, you have those expectations of the students. Is that something that like you make sure and communicate to the parents up front at the beginning of the school year that's too in, so that they can collaborate with you to help the kids with that? that's a part of the syllabus as well. So they're aware of how my class is and they know I'm mm-hmm. pretty strict because I 
abide by my rules. If you have them, you can't put rules in place and then don't follow through with them. Because they're like, oh, I'm going to be able to turn it in. She won't mind. It doesn't matter. Can't do that. But yes, everybody's aware. And what I like about the conference coming up, so you meet anyway, like if I need a specific conference, they're going to, I'll call and, and we can meet obviously before the 31st. Yes, but ma'am. with kindergarten, uh, of course, they don't know what those academic expectations are. They don't really know what the behavioral expectations are. And so that conference is so important. And when we get those parents in, we show them this is where your child is and this is where they're going to go. And so they, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to pick up, you know, at home, too, for us to show them. Like, for example, if we're on letters and sounds right now, and then at the end of the year, they're reading on a level A, like an A now to an E at the end. That's a big growth. And how are we right. going to get that? Because if, if not, they're going to get frustrated. We're going to see things social, emotionally, behaviorally in class. And so we just explain to them exactly what it is that their child is going to be expected behavioral academically. And then we also have, like you have the binder, we have folders that go home. Oh, not just every Thursday, like some people have in older grades. We have it every day. And so the parent can see what their child is doing. And we have good choices, poor choices, to where, you know, if your child has been a leader, if they've been kind, we can also put those things in so they can reinforce that at home and be proud. And so I think those October 31st is really important to set the standard, and then we can go from there through the year. And since we want that collaboration with the parents, as a teacher, we have to make sure we're on point and we're doing our job. If progress reports are coming out Friday and you're just putting in grades on Wednesday, the parent can't help me. So we have to make sure we're doing what we need to do. So I'm pretty stern about getting those grades in within 24 to 48 hours because I don't want them to have to wait. Once they wait, it doesn't mean the same Mm -hmm. thing. They're like, I don't forgot it. I'm not worried about doing it or whatever. So even as teachers, we have to make sure we're doing what we need to do in order to help the parents. Because if the parents are checking on Monday and my child has an A, and then right before the progress report comes and he has a C or that's Mm -hmm. not good. Right. And it doesn't look good for us either. So if we have them out there wanting to help, we need to do our job as well. And a lot of parents want to help. They, they don't do. know how sometimes. They do, yes. So that open line, there it is again, you know, of communication for them to know that they can come no matter what. I just had a parent. It was the most amazing conversation at Open House. She did not exactly know the homework that was sent home. There's a sticker book with you know, letters and sounds, and then they go into VC words and so forth through the year. And she said, hey, you know, is there a way that you can show me exactly what you do? I'm not a kinder teacher. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And I was so excited that she did that because she trusted enough for me, you know, to go into that with her. And I said, well, can you come with a, you know, maybe next week? When can you come for a conference? So we sat down the entire conference and we explained everything to her. She left feeling confident. Mm -hmm. She sent me a video yesterday of her child doing exactly what we do in class because she was able to help. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. And so sometimes parents are scared They're They don't know what the questions are to ask, but if you just let us know that we don't understand what's going home or we don't understand what's in, you know, your syllabus, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, we'll we'll be there for you. You know, we'll, whether it's a phone conference, if you can't get off work or an in-person, we can be there. That's and great. even with the parents collaborating with us, what also helps in middle school is our counselors are awesome. Mm-hmm. So they'll let us know because they know the students pretty much better than we do because they've been working with them. So knowing mm-hmm. that we have collaboration with our counselor, with the parents and myself and the child, it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. And that's why it's important for 
for parents and teachers to talk to because we ha- the students have so many resources available yes, to them if they are having a hard time mm-hmm. with something yes, at home that that the child hasn't relayed to you but if the yes, parent ma'am. does then you know we can get them connected with what the what extra help they need yeah okay so um let's talk about the main purpose of the parent-teacher conference. Like, uh, Ms. Thrash, you've kind of talked a little bit about, um, especially for the kinder, the mm-hmm. um, setting those expectations, but um, how can parents prepare uh, to come in for the parent-teacher conference? I would say, like I said, a lot of parents, or you mentioned it, they're really nervous when they come in, and so they don't have questions. They just let you guide it, and we would like them to be um, open to what's bothering them. So even if they have bullet, you know, bullet points where what they want to ask, um, they might even, you know, just have it listed on their phone, some things that are concerning to them because they don't, they come in and we talk a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. like we have a lot to say. And so we want them also to feel comfortable. Um, and then if they don't say anything, if they were like, Oh wow. You know, like afterwards I thought of something to, you know, Send us an email. Send us a text of some some sort of whatever it is that you're concerned with. Because there are times they're not going to remember. Right. They probably have a lot to say before they get there. But then when they get there, it's different. So as you mm-hmm. just said, if you have something else, just go ahead and email me. E- emailing me is the best route. I always tell them that. So email me. That'll be good. And then whatever conversations you have with your child, if you're concerned about that, then ask me whatever conversations you have with him. Because, again, mm-hmm. those stories may differ. And you may not clearly know, even though that has been set out, you may not clearly know what my rules are. So your child is saying, well, she didn't let me sharpen my pencil. Mm -hmm. She didn't let me do this. She didn't let me do that. Well, the expectations are for you to have two pencils. So if one breaks, you already have one. Then that way we don't have to stop, find a pencil, all of that. But if you don't have a pencil when you come in, there are pencils in the room. So you shouldn't be asking Ms. Guidry, can I get a pencil? Can I do this? Because expectations have already been set. So sometimes it's just a reiteration of the expectations, but whatever conversations they've had with the student, sometimes they're talking with other people, just ask the <coughs> teacher what her expectations are or what goes on in the classroom, and then that can be cleared up. And that has happened in class because at our school we have discipline letters, and once you um, have been written up or documented, I should say, about four times, then it goes to an office referral. So you're not automatically getting an office referral, but at least in this parent conference I can say, well, I've asked them three times to take this off, or they're eating in class. You're doing this. Those are not my expectations. You can't do that. So now you really know what Johnny was doing, and it wasn't what Johnny said he was doing. So that's why it's like that. So he feels a different way because Ms. Gidry's abiding by the rules, but he can go somewhere else, and maybe that doesn't occur. So just sometimes it's just a clarification. So them writing those questions down, Mm -hmm. as you said, and then – I guess just whatever they feel they need to ask, what they may be unsure of, just ask me. And I'm of the I'm the teacher that will say she's wrong if she's wrong. Like my students, mm-hmm. they may do something, they may have a low score on something. It's not always the students. Sometimes it's my delivery. So if something that Ms. Guidry said, then it may be my fault. And one of my things are I talk fast. I got Louisiana background. <laughs> so if the students are like, I can't understand her, she just go too fast, she's right. He's and I right. bet you feel really bad when you realize, oh, my gosh, it it's was me. me. <laughs> it's me. It's not your child. So we have to have a way that they let me know, Miss Kedra, you are just going too fast. And don't let me get excited about what I'm teaching. It's worse. <laughs> so, real after, yeah, I let them know. So just them, yes, just them writing everything down and coming and wanting to ask us. That works great. That's great. 
That's and really good. And we also tip. do, um, like, I'll do parent or student teacher conference where it's I conference with the child and we have a goal binder. And so it's fun to send and show the parents on that October 31st conference. And so at the end of the year, they actually get to have a student parent conference. Oh, and aw. so, yeah. And Love so, it. but the parents don't really know what that is. <laughs> right. And so I explain that at my first conference with them. And then, of course, those we use, we could use Dojo, Seesaw, and Elementary or Remind. And that's really our way of communicating through the. So if they're not connected in some way in elementary, they, they probably should contact their teacher because we've got usually an app that mm-hmm. we use. And it's the social media aspect. We take pictures. Um, that's one way that we'll build trust in the very beginning to where they can see, especially in a pre-K kinder, first time maybe in school, uh, their whole day. The playground, the, you know, a recess, they, they see everything. But that's their way of communicating with us. Right, and so right. when we're at that conference and I show them the school binder, um, they remember what it is. And I explain, like, at the end of the year, you get to come in and conference with your child. And, you know, they already know. But then, of course, I'm communicating through the rest of the year through my Remind app. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's really mm-hmm. good. I love that. Well, I think, is there anything, like, we didn't ask about the y'all are like, this is what we really want parents. Y'all covered a lot of ground. I mean, yes. I was impressed. I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought of all of that. I mean, one, my kid has like grown and it's been a while since I've done mm-hmm. a parent teacher conference, although I do remember how those went. Um, but is there anything that like we didn't ask y'all about that you're just like, let me make sure parents know this, you know, so they know come in, you know, like you said, come in with questions, you know, and be prepared and make the most of this conference and this ability to collaborate. I want them to understand that we want them to collaborate with us. When I find out a parent is hands-on and they're so supportive, that's right up my alley. I love it because I know at the drop of a hat, all I need is to make a phone call, send a letter, text, whatever, and they're coming. And when everybody is working together, it just really, really helps because we don't want to go in with the mindset, nobody's going to call me back. Right, right. We yeah. want the collaboration. So we want you to let us know what's going on. We want you to tell us what you like to see. He struggled last year. It didn't get any better, yada, yada, yada. So when we know that, it's almost in the back of our mind, we know we need to send something home good because he's growing. Mm-hmm. So we want them to know that. Maybe math is not their subject. I hear that frequently. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't because I know a lot of students don't like math, but there has to be some kind of way it can be exciting. And sometimes they put in their heads, I'm not good at math. I said, and when you say that, you're not going to be good at right, math. Right, you're right. Because whatever yeah. you tell your subconscious, you believe. Yes, your so, mind is very powerful. That's it. So I don't yeah. want you to say that. I don't want you to say that. And I'm seeing already in well, September, I should say, this is just October, they're like, I passed. I passed the class. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you did it. But it's about them showing their work because a lot of times they're like, I don't need to show my work. I already know how to do this. I said, then I can't help you when you get it wrong. Right. So if we can always let the parents yep. um, also tell their students, their children rather, make sure they're showing their work in math. It's hard to help a student if I don't know what's in their mind. Right. But if they put it on paper, then I can correct it quickly. And it could be an easy fix. Mm-hmm. So we just want them to collaborate. That was it. And I also think, you know, this is a touchy subject too, but when it's that vulnerability piece, when something's going on at home, whether it be a loss of a job, you know, um, 
you lost your home and you're moving in with somebody or there's a death in the family, that those things can also affect the emotional and social growth of a child. The behaviorally, right. they can also act out. And so a lot of times when they, they might reach out immediately and let us know and then we can like get to that situation quick. We can get help for everybody, resources for family, um, support for the, ch- the children or child. And then also we have to reach out. So if the parent isn't wanting us to possibly know, which I get because these are all private, personal situations, right. yeah. even if you were to tell the teacher, hey, look, there's something I'm not comfortable talking about, but there is something going on. I just want you to watch, you know, my child or children just to see if you see any, you know, things going on with them. Um, and then if we, for example, might see somebody that um, this year, we've, I've had a little girl that just fell asleep. Uh, and she was totally, you know, the whole year so far, beginning of the year, excited, awake. But turns out the first two days that she started sleeping, I thought, well, maybe she might be sick. The third day I happened to call because it's out of character mm-hmm. and dad got a new job. And so their routine at night changed, something that they didn't even think would affect. Mm-hmm. And that's a great thing. Like she was so excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited for them. Um, but even that small thing affecting her at, you know, at, at home, it's nothing, except she stays up a little later so dad right. can tell her good night. But then at school, she's falling asleep. She's missing academic time. And we see the change, mm-hmm. so we know it's something. So, yeah. so long as we know, we can address it. Yeah. But if yeah. we don't know, we can't you address it. And again, our counselors are really good about that. That really helps. So you're right. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that. That's a big one. That's huge. Yes. You know, I mean, and it can go from outburst and yes. crying all the time to, you know, something as great as, you know, how exciting. You got a different job, and they're right. really excited about it, but she's falling asleep. And so adjusting, like, within two days, we're back to normal. And so just calling the parents and then, like you said earlier, n- not always expecting it's a bad thing, um, you know, and, and just being open and receptive to whatever it may be. And when we miss them, when they're not at school, we do miss them. And I've sent emails home like, where is Jamie? Why didn't Jamie come mm-hmm. in today? And they're like, oh, thank you so much. We just mm-hmm. had to go to the dentist or whatever. But it's just the mere fact we need them to know that we just don't teach them a math subject. We truly care about Area. them, all of them. Right, yeah. You know, and that makes a difference because they're not, some parents, I should say, are not used to that. I'm telling you, when you call home with good stuff, it's just like, who is this? <laughs> are you sure? What? My child? Yeah, and it just are makes you sure? me laugh. Yes. And then you're building a report with the parent just like that. Mm-hmm. It helps. Mm-hmm. And for me, I like to know where they're from. Oh, yeah. So in the community, I can know if you, where I'm from or whatever. One of my students, I found out his grandfather was my driving ed instructor. Oh, wow. It was Hi. amazing. So. Instant relationship. Small world. Mm-hmm. Small, but the collaboration. Right. That's all it was. So. Right. That's really good. Well, we appreciate you guys so much we for thank coming you for in. Us. And uh, hopefully we've eased some fears of parents and inspired them to go, you know what? I, I do need to connect more with my child's teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're writing down those questions. So they're ready on the <laughs> yes. 31st. Come in and pick y'all's brains and say, hey, what's going on with my kid? But again, thank y'all so much. Yes. Thank, thank you. you. And for any of our parents that are listening, if you haven't already made an appointment to to um, talk with your child's teacher on October 31st, then please reach out and do that. And I know that our teachers are flexible if the 31st doesn't work for you. Y'all can work together to come up with something else, whether it's a phone call or, or email chat or another time. All right. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. That wraps up another episode of TCISD Talks. 
your window into Texas City ISD. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and gained valuable tips and perspectives. TCISD Talks is brought to you by the dedicated team in the Texas City ISD Communications Department, committed to keeping you connected and informed. Be sure to tune into our next episode, where we'll continue to explore the stories, ideas, and advice that shape the learning journey for our students, parents, and educators. Thanks for joining us on TCISD Talks. For more updates and news, visit our website at www.tcisd.org and connect with us on social media. Until next time, remember, together we succeed.